Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome to the Miami Dolphins' fifth quarter postgame show here on 560 WQAM. I'm here with OJ McDuffie and Seth Levitt. I'm Travis Wingfield, and we are here to bring you two hours of postgame coverage for an opening day road victory for your first place Miami right. Dolphins. First place all alone. The, Bill, the Bills, the Patriots, and the Jets all go down. It wasn't always pretty, but a divisional road win to kick off the season. Juice, what's better than that? There's nothing better than that. There's no better way. You know, everybody talks about going 1-0 every week. How about going 1-0 at the beginning of the season, on the road, within the division, against a nemesis of ours? That's so hard to do, man. No matter what, that's a hard thing to do, to go in there. Uh, very small dogs in, the, in terms of, you know, uh, uh, being underdogs in this game. But at the same time, man, finding a way to get out of there with a win in Foxborough, man. It's not easy, Travis, man. I'll tell you, it's going to be – no, there's some guys had a, some rough games for our team, but it's still going to be a fun-ass flight home. I promise you that. Brian Flores' first opening day win with the Miami Dolphins in year number three here, and we all had a bunch of fun in the studio. Personally, guys, a, a little a moment for myself to be able to celebrate with O.J. McDuffie after a game, fist pumping and, and clapping hands and stuff. That's a lot of fun. But, Seth, my other co-host over here, i got to go to you, man, because you made a A little less point. fun, right? <laughs> Just as much fun. We have a good time here. But you made a good point during the game that, you know, over the course of the first three years of the Brian Flores era, this is a football team that tends to get better as, as the season goes along. Yep. But you made a point about opening day and measuring yourself compared to your previous opening days under Brian Flores. Yeah, that's exactly right, Travis. I mean, I, I think, look, we all get caught up in the game that's in front of us, and that is the most important thing in that moment. But as a fan of the Dolphins, if you've been cheering for this team for years, decades, however long it's been, there's been some frustration, and now you've got a new regime, and you want to see growth as an organization not just what happens from play to play or game to game. And so when you look at what they did, you know, we don't even want to talk about the season opener three years ago. Last year, you had a chance to win. We left frustrated because we thought we could have won that game. And this year, if you want to get caught up in the fact that they didn't look as pretty as you wanted them to, go for it. I'm happy that we're 1-0, and I'm even happier, as you said. We're in first place in the division, and everybody's looking at how do they catch us. There's a lot of football left to be played, but this is the spot you want to be in after week one. Everybody wants to react to a first game because it's been really seven or eight months since we've seen meaningful football. But week one, Juice, it always has a way of, of kind of not holding up in terms of how the end of the season goes. Like, there are some crazy occurrences some crazy outcomes that happened in week number one I don't think anybody expected Pittsburgh to go into Buffalo and pick off the Bills at home we talked about the Jets falling here and now the Miami Dolphins go on the road to Foxborough and pick up a win in a place they hadn't won in for their third win I should say since the 2008 season juice like as far as the week one mentality goes what's the difficulties of overcoming 
everything the Dolphins had to face today and get that win here in week one on the road. Yeah, it's always tough. You know, I mean, you think about two weeks to get ready. You know, you, you want to be overprepared. If you're underprepared, you, you, you got a new quarterback you haven't really seen in, in live action before. And uh, so it's always, it's always tough. Uh, travel, uh, COVID situations. We talk about Austin Jackson and Shaheen and guys like that. Every team is going through that. So how do you make those adjustments And when you, when you have to go make these plays? But, you know, when you get on the road, I think I always felt there was always less distractions on the road. You know, you, you do deal with a, a hostile environment a lot of times, and New England obviously was very hostile today. Um, but there's less distractions. You know, you don't, have, you don't have to worry about family and friends and tickets and all this other stuff that you worry about, you know, mostly at home. But when you get on the road, man, it's like a straight focus. You, you meet, you eat, you meet, you eat, you go play. It's kind of how it goes, you know. So I think these guys were, you know, they were dialed in for the most part, you know. But uh, bottom line is this, man. No matter how it all started, no matter how it all got going, it only matters how you finish the game. And our boys went out there and they finished the game. And they're going to get on the, on the bus and they get on the plane and come back with a W, man, like you guys talked about. You know, first in the division, the other two, three teams taking an L. Um, you know, that, that's important. It really is important. You know, like we talked about a little bit. You know, you, you fight for 1-0 and every week, but 1-0 and at the beginning of the season, it's the only way you can go undefeated. If you win the first that's one, right? right? And they have time to correct anything of... that we want them to work on. They can go do that now. That's their job. That's what they get paid to do. There's time to correct those things. Yeah. But, it, it, Juice, is it a lot easier to make those corrections after a W? Always a lot easier. <laughs> it is, it's way easier, man. You know what? And I'm going to tell you, I mean, think about it. There are a lot of corrections. They're gonna get, they're gonna, a lot of guys going to get chewed up a little bit in meetings. They are. But the, the chewing is, is about as half as bad when you win the game. You know, I remember the Monday morning meetings, man, after we, after we won. When guys messed up, it was a little lighthearted. Monday morning meetings when we lost, there's no laughing, there's no joking, there's no playing around in those meetings, you know, and which there shouldn't be anyways. But I tell you, man, it's going to be a nice little flight home. Coach Flo's already told them that they need to play better, I'm sure, in the postgame, you know, talk with the team and the things they need to correct. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's happy going in New England and beating his old team. And we're going to hear from head coach Brian Flores and a little bit later on in the program here. But, you know, one thing I probably need a mea culpa on is Mac Jones played a hell of a game today. I, I didn't he think did. he had much of a chance to get to have success against this Dolphins defense just because of his personal makeup and what this Dolphins defense does to the quarterbacks that have similar makeups to a Mac Jones. But he really played his butt off, and they had a good game plan for him. At one point in the first half, I'm sure it changed as we went along, but his average yards per depth or, or of depth downfield was one and a half yards, Juice. So they were throwing everything close to the line of scrimmage there. But the other point here I want to get to as far as bringing it back to the Miami Dolphins is – we went into Foxborough last year, week number one, and it was a tough game because you, you just don't know what you're going to get from a Bill Belichick team and a Josh McDaniels offense when they have had you know months to prepare for you like they did in this game. And so to get in there and to withstand everything they did, I think the game plan probably was pretty clearly to let Mac Jones kind of dink and dunk and play Ben but don't break defense, but to be able to match what they did, Juice, and get in there and get that victory, I just I think to, to go into that place against that head coach and get a victory, I mean, I'm going to say it again, I'm so impressed by the outcome of the game, even if it wasn't super pretty. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they did a great job of keeping everything in front of them, you know, making the plays in front of them, not giving up the big play except for one big play, I think, in the, in the first series that they had. Um, Mac Jones, you know, just does a great job of distributing the rock. But at some point, they got to take some shots. And I think our guys did a good job of defending the ball uh, down the field. Uh, Lead, the only touchdown that they got, you know, was a, I thought was a horrible call. Yeah. But, you know, but it is the rule. It is the rule. I thought Orlando Roberts making a hell of a play trying to get to the quarterback. You know, and they call the uh, the call Tom Brady, you know, hit below, <laughs> hit below the waist, you know, by the knee level uh, penalty. 
that extended that drive on, on a great defensive drive right there. But I tell you, man, it's like, I mean, these guys, I look forward to seeing where this defense is going to go. We know what they can do. we got to start getting more pressure on quarterbacks. But to only give up 16 points, to be on the field that much, that long, you know, and, and not really break. You know, you heard yeah, Jason talk about it. Yeah, you, you heard Jason talk about it. He hate that Bimba not break, and Seth hates it as well. I hate it as well, man, but they did that. That's exactly what they did. And when they needed it, they came up with a big-time turnover. Yes, they did. And if, if it wasn't for that penalty, that, you know, and we're not going to sit here and play ifs, ands, and buts, but if, yeah, they don't don't do throw, if they don't throw that flag, the Patriots have three field goals in this game after possessing the ball for 36-plus minutes. Uh, we heard Jason Taylor on the postgame show, or right after the game ended, say they had three drives of 14 plays in this game. So Miami just withstood a 12-round fight here from the Patriots, Seth, and for them to be able to just take those punches, take those punches, and then you get a big play from who else? Xavier Howard to kind of help save the game there at the end. I mean... Take us through how you felt going through that game because we were kind of it was we, tough we, to watch. We never for a while felt there. like we were having fun, did we? Yeah, until no. the very end. <laughs> You're exactly right. I mean, it was it was painstaking. I think uh, we we talked about it. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? And it looked like that was the game plan. You know, it was forcing them. Uh, I think you said it earlier. Let them let them have the unforced error. And, and they didn't make them. They didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. Until a couple of throws there from Mac Jones, a little bit low on that last third yeah. down throw. Right. No, you're exactly right. And so there weren't a lot of mistakes from New England, which you don't ex- anticipate. There, there's going to be a lot. Uh, you know, you said about if they didn't if they didn't throw that flag, they threw it. Look, they threw it. We had a chance to stop them still. We didn't. We didn't force a field goal there. They scored. What's most impressive to me, though, is that, that they didn't break in the end. I mean, that really is what it comes down to. The National Football League is built to be – uh, where everybody is the same, right? They want they, they, they want that. They don't want there to be this great disparity where you're watching college football and teams are putting 60, 70 points up against teams that are overmatched. And so there are going to be games that come down to the wire. There are going to be tough divisional matchups. You're going to have to win on the road in close games in the fourth quarter, and they did that today. And I don't care if it was ugly. I don't care if you wanted 300 yards from two and you didn't get it. You got a W. You're in first place, and everybody else – in this division is looking at the schedule and trying to figure out how they can get one game up on you now. Yeah, you know, bottom line is this, man. On the road, here's, here's my here's always been my philosophy when it came to, you know, on the road or at home. At home, you want to go 6-2 and two or better. On the road, you want to go 500 or better if you can't. You know, so if you go six and two or better, you, you go, you know, you go four and four. I know there's 17 games this year. You're, you're guaranteeing <laughs> yourself. Say. Be quiet, Seth. You got to carry the one sometimes. That's a new math, Juice. You got to carry the one sometimes, Big Seth. You got to carry the one. I'm carrying one and zero is you, what I'm carrying. But you, but you, that, what I'm saying is you got to get to 10 wins, and most of that has to happen at home. But when you steal that first one at home, you know, I mean, on the on the road, that, that's huge within the division, man. So I'm, I'm excited for the boys, man. I know they are too. I know they're a little banged up. I know the defense is hella tired right now. You know, there's going to be some, some ice tubs and all kinds of stuff, a lot of, you know, a lot of ice bags on the way home. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, they, they were, it, was a, it was a bruising game, a lot of good hitting. I mean, it was really week physical. Week one, man, it was, it was nice, man. I didn't see too many missed tackles. I, I, I thought some hard running on both sides of the ball, man. Really good football game. And, really, honestly, you're not going to blow a team out like New England at their, in their building. You're not going to do it. I mean, we saw it happen before with us a, a long time ago. But if you're going to win in New England, it's going to be, it's going to be a close one. That's what we got today. And the big play of the game at the end of the game there by Xavier Howard. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty uh, dull in this room until that play at the end of the game. And then we kind of oh, exploded man. here. Let's go ahead and hear that highlight now. Xavier Howard, the big play of the game. 23 straight games now. The Miami Dolphins have a takeaway. First and 10 Patriots from the Dolphins' 11. 
Miami 17, Patriots 16 with 3.35 left to play. Play action fake. No, they give it to Damian Harris. And he is hit. Balls the ball out. pops out. out. Who's got it? Landon <laughs> Roberts hit him. Dolphins say they do, but let's see who. Well, somebody's the bottom pile with a blue jersey on, gentlemen. Who's got it? Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins, Dolphins got, it. got it. Boy, Ben, but don't break. Wow. There it is. Didn't even know that was coming there. How about that lead in there to our first break here? So there you go. Dolphins win at 17-16 in Foxborough. Coming up, we're going to hear from head coach Brian Flores on tonight's game. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Brought to you by the Palm, by the Palm Beaches. Experts at Sylvester not only treat your cancer, we're making discoveries that push cancer science forward. Because our researchers create new breakthroughs in our own labs, we can fast-track new therapies that have positive impact on patients here in South Florida and around the world. Every day, we face cancer head-on, all in pursuit of your cure. Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center. See a cancer expert today. Visit inpursuitofyourcure.com. Meet Chrissy, who's decided to refinance her home with Amerisave and save money for a lifetime. One decision she'll never regret, unlike wearing tap dancing shoes to her friend's surprise party. Sorry, guys. But now that Chrissy's refinancing with Amerisave, with just a few clicks, she could be on her way to a lifetime of savings. Just trying to find the perfect hiding place. Mortgage rates are at near historic lows, so go to Amerisave.com or call 866-514-SAVE to see for yourself. Call 866-514-SAVE or visit Amerisave.com slash licensing for cost information, terms, and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all states except New York. NMLS number 1168. AutoNation is growing, so we're hiring right now for all positions at over 300 locations. We're hiring sales associates and managers, service advisors and technicians, even IT, finance, and more. Plus, you get full medical benefits, retirement plans, and paid training. So join our team today and be part of the Drive Pink movement. Come drive and grow with us. Apply now at jobs.autonation.com. That's jobs.autonation.com. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. In season or off season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Techron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It's a winning play. Chevron, together ahead. I've got Seth Levitt and OJ McDuffie from the Fish Tank Podcast here, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. I am Travis Wingfield, the host of Drive Time with Travis Wingfield every single day on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. And we're going to have a recap show coming your way later this evening on Drive Time. But right now, guys, we're talking about a 17-16 Miami Dolphins victory and second-year quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. I think we all can agree there was one play that just wasn't a good decision that kind of derailed his statistical day. But on the day, 16 for 27, 202 passing yards, one touchdown, one pick, and he rushed one in for a touchdown. Now he does end the day with four carries for one yard and the touchdown run because of the kneel downs there at the very end. But OJ, second year, first opening day start for Tua Tungavailoa. What did you see out of the young man today? Well, you know, it was it was a, it was a decent start. I mean, I could we could have seen more. And you talk about – not just the fact that he committed the turnover when it happened. That's, all, that's what you always worry about, the timing of everything. If it's in the first quarter, we don't have much to say about it. Uh, the way that happened in late in the game, 
you know, it really could have cost the team a lot. Could have really cost us a victory right there. Uh, but it was it was a solid performance. We're going to need more out of him, though. We're going to need more from Tua. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, you look at it, 16 to 27, 202 yards and, you know, one, one touchdown to pick. We're going to need more from him moving forward. I uh, thought guys could have helped him out a little bit more. I think Coach Flores uh, talked about it a little bit. Uh, a lot of one-on-one opportunities out there, and the guys were not getting open. And that, that surprised me because I think that, you know, I thought that our wide receivers were one of our, our strengths on this team. And to get that many one-on-one opportunities not be able to take advantage of it was, uh, was very disappointing. So we'll, we'll figure that out moving forward. And they'll put, um, they'll, they'll put some plays in to give these guys better opportunities. I would have liked to see Tua get the ball to some of his tight ends, Mike Kosicki a little bit more. Um, that could all come down to play design and play call as well. So there's a lot to be worked on from Tua. There's a lot to work on from Tua. But I think no matter what, you know, you think about this, Travis. In football, there's only two people with a win-loss record. You know what I mean? It's the head coach and the, head, and the starting quarterback. <laughs> so he, yeah, he, so he's, he's 1-0 and this year. So I'm he's sure he's happy three all time. It. Exactly right. That's so right. He's, he's feeling pretty good about that. But work to be done for sure. You, you talk about the weapons. Reinforcements coming next week with Will Fuller coming back to the lineup after serving his one-game suspension. I'm also glad you mentioned tight ends. And we're going to come back to Tua here. But I want to go to Seth real quick because this is something that Seth mentioned during the course of the game. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of tight end action in this game. I think at one point you told me I love watching Durham Smythe come across the formation and smack somebody in the helmet, yep. and he does it a lot. He's a great blocker, but as far as the receiving game from tight ends, especially Mike Gasicki, who is you know on the precipice of becoming one of these top three, four, five tight ends in the National Football League, but he wasn't out there very much today. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really know what to make of it. Uh, you know, I, certainly there were opportunities there where I think this is a very physical defensive front right, that right. the New England Patriots have, and, and I imagine when they wanted to run the ball, they wanted to bring in some reinforcements. And so when you bring in Smythe, and, and we saw some Hunter Long there and, and some guys that, that maybe are known a little bit more for their ability to block, uh, I get that part. I love to see Mike in there. I know Juice does, the Penn State alum. But, <laughs> you know, Mike's an exciting player to watch. Uh, he's he's uh, a lot of times I've heard people say a glorified slot receiver, but a big, fast, <laughs> sure. lanky one. Sure and uh, and we'd love to see that weapon utilized for sure. Um, I don't really know what was happening as to why. Uh, you know, I, I, I have to use the old, I'll have to go back and watch the film, Juice. <laughs> um, but but it was kind of curious that he was there was a, he was running a lot of in the huddle, out of the huddle, running on uh, often on the field, on the sidelines, not not sure what the reason why is, but that goes back to what Juice was saying earlier. If there's something that needs to be corrected, uh, I have to believe this coaching staff will address it. Uh, I do hope we get to see more of Mike in, moving forward. And I'm glad you guys kind of related to the earlier last season's opening game because to me the difference in this game compared to last year where the Patriots controlled it and it looked like Miami might come back and steal it late and yep. the opposite kind of looked like it was going to happen this year. It holds up on both ends, but it was the vertical stuff with Tua to Devontae Parker to Jalen Waddle juice that I think was the difference compared to last year where they just could not get the ball down the field. And you referenced Brian Flores talking about not being able to get off that man coverage early in the game, which kind of was something I thought this receiving core was really built to excel at. And we'll give him more than just one game before we throw him under the bus for that. But at the end of the day, the big shot down the field to Parker, the big shot down the field to Waddle, both of those passes led to points for the Miami Dolphins, 10 points in total, and that was enough for the victory. So going vertical, but you talked about the mistake a little bit there. What did you think of that play with the interception? Because, you know, the play before that, I was on Twitter and I, I had the, the good old announcer's jinx there where I said, what a great read by Tua to get Gasicki <laughs> on the peel back, his third option where he kind of fakes the give, rolls out, the wide pass isn't there, comes back inside to Gasicki, but Solomon Kinley's five yards down the field blocking for some reason and gets the ineligible man down the field. We bring it back. Do you think Tua maybe thought, 
we haven't made the big play in this game. I have to step up and make the play, and thus that throw. Or what's your take on that play? Yeah, I hope that wasn't the case. I really do. But, you know, he did a heck of a job of avoiding the sack, yeah. you know, uh, wiggling out of trouble right there. And then he threw it to a side. You know, maybe that – I'm hoping he was trying to get it out of bounds. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, I mean, or, or you know – because I he thought he was, over. Juice. I'll be honest I, with you. When I, I he left so his hands, too. I thought he was trying to throw it away. I, I hope that's the case, Big Seth, because there's a lot of traffic and a lot of people worried through that football. Yeah, and, and when uh, you say you hope, you're talking about as far as the decision-making process? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah, I hope I hope that's what he was doing. If not, if he's trying to make a play right there, that's it. That wasn't very – let me say it, it wasn't very Tua like to do something no. like that. So, um, so I guess he'll look at the film and I, he'll we'll get his explanation. You know, when we, when we hear him go to the podium today, and I hope he says that yeah, I was trying to get out of bounds and have enough oomph on it. Took a hell of a shot yes, he after did. he let that go. So he's really <laughs> going to let it fly a little bit earlier out of bounds into the first row. Hopefully next time, you yeah. know, into the stands. But um, that was just a bad decision and a bad decision that could have been very, very costly in that time, that point in uh, time of the game. It was probably under a, a lot more pressure than we would have liked to have seen today. You know, and I'm, yeah. we'll probably get into that uh, throughout the show here today. But that is one thing. You know, the hope was we were going to see the other quarterback. Right, we were going right. to see Jones under that kind <laughs> of pressure. And uh, and he, he got to sit back and be pretty comfortable today, which is not something that we're accustomed to uh, when you look at this defensive front. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Tua was, was running for his life a little bit, and, and that's one I'm sure he wishes he had back. Yeah, he looked like uh, – Jones looked like a quarterback we've seen in that New England uniform before. Sitting Don't back say there, it, Juice. Don't you know. say it. I'm saying in terms of the I know, time. Talk I know. about the time he had. Big I know. Seth. He had a lot of time, man. It was I know. Too much damn time. I, I, I got to say, I, I was getting frustrated all week the way that the, the, the national media – I hate to throw it on the media, but there were a lot of folks talking up Mac Jones. Yes. And, and that's great. You know, he, he comes from a great a story program – He's with, uh, as you said, his play stylistically is similar to what they've had there uh, for a number of years. But it was just so frustrating. And then as the game went on, I was like, oh, man, he's just giving people exactly what they expected. <laughs> exactly. That was the biggest thing that, you know, besides the fact that the game was maybe looking like it was going the other direction, even though Miami led after that opening drive in the third quarter. You didn't quarter. give up hope, did you, Travis? I, I was starting to just because it was <laughs> dwindling in a way that felt like it was going to go in that direction. But just to kind of put a bow on this point, you know, you talk about both these quarterbacks throwing under pressure. Two things I'll be curious to get a look at, and, you know, this is a, a Sethism now, is I want to go back and look at the All-22 before I get a chance to really tell you what I thought Seth. I I saw out there, but also the pressure numbers because, you know, in, in pro football focus and next gen stats, all those great websites that track this type of stuff. You know, Emmanuel Ogba was in there a lot with pressure on the quarterback's face. We saw Landon Roberts have a big sack that got negated. There was plenty of pressure in his face, but I thought the big difference because Tua had that as well was that guys were open. And when you saw Mac kind of fade into those throws where he would go off the back foot and just kind of lob one out to a spot. Guys were running to open spaces and just catching that thing at the mesh point and taking off, whereas Tua would get out, and then you would see him kind of pivot and go back into the middle of the pocket and try to make a play. And I have to assume without you know having the, the footage to look down the field, I have to assume some of those guys were covered up down the field. So we'll get a better look at that as we go along. Another plug for drive time here. I'll get into the All-22 and watch that for you guys and break it down there. But we're going to go ahead and go to break real quick. We're going to have Brian Flores and Tua Tungavailoa live from the media room here coming up on the other side. We'll hear from both Tua and Brian Flores. Again, the final score, Dolphins 17, Patriots 16. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. Dolphins games always play here in Miami. AM 560, FM 99.9, HD2, The Joe, WQAM. 
Have a couple of extra minutes? Try Totina's Pizza Rolls in the air fryer for extra crispy deliciousness. Mmm, those crispy bite-sized poppable bursts of pizza. Totino's Pizza Rolls. It's Totina's or game over. And we're going to hear from head coach Brian Flores in just one second. But if you guys want to get involved in the post-game show, send us your questions. Get at either myself or the Fish Tank guys on Twitter. It's at the Fish Tank 81 or at Wingfield NFL. And tag it with the hashtag Finns Postgame. And we'll answer some of your questions here in the second hour on the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter post-game show. But right now, let's go ahead and throw it to Brian Flores' press conference live at the podium. And he was able to knock it off of him. Um, Recovered it. Obviously, a huge play in the game. Allowed us to get the ball back. Um, but I, you know, then we turn around and you know that's the complimentary football that we talked about. Offense goes in there, gets a first down, uh, gets a good defense. We're able to run it out um, and end the game with the ball. Brian, what went into the decision to start the game? Left tackle with Austin. Just playing, trying to play the best five guys. And um, you know that was you know, Liam's done a good job throughout camp. Um, Played multiple positions, uh, and you know we just wanted to start the best five guys. How did you assess his performance? To say you know, whether he played well or didn't. Um, look, there's was a lot of corrections to make from the game, I'm sure. Um, but you know, I think Liam fought. Um, actually, I know that. I haven't watched the film, but I know he fought it. He fought his butt off, and um, and I'm sure there's some corrections to make, really, for him and really everyone on our team. Um, but it's good to make those corrections with a win. Look, we, I mean, we try to take it one play at a time. I mean, that's kind of the, the mentality um, our team has. Uh, good play, bad play. We just move on to the next play. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of corrections to make uh, defensively. You know, they were able to kind of. Uh, you know, make some plays, keep drives going, pick up third downs. You know, we'd have them uh, in some some you know second and longer situations, and like a penalty or you know, man, there's one instance where we get a sack, but there's a penalty on it. It was just it felt like every every chance, every time we got a, a chance to get off the field, you know, they made a play or uh, you know we had had a mistake. But you know that's what happens in, in you know in a division game. You know, against good teams, they make plays too. Um, we knew that. Uh, we talked about this being a 60-minute ball game. And that's exactly what it was. Uh, we talked about playing one play at a time, and you know, we were able to do that and you know, find success at the end. You guys tried to get a lot of pressure up the middle on Mac, and he hung in there a bunch. I thought he did a nice job. I thought he did a really nice job. Got the ball out. Uh, was able to you know kind of move their offense, uh, pick up first downs, uh, drive them down the field. Um, yeah, I thought he did a very nice job. What about Tua? How do you assess his play? Uh, again, like everybody, I mean, there's you know some corre- corrections we got to make, but I thought he threw the ball well. Um, I thought he made some big throws. Um, it was a good run to, to get us started and a fast start, you know, to uh, um, you know start his first series. You know, ran it in, uh, but I thought he he, he he made a lot of good plays, um, a lot of big throws that we needed. I'm mean, not that third down to, to in the uh, to start the second half. It was a big throw. We needed it. Uh, good throw, good catch by Devontae. Uh, so, like everybody, players, coaches, you know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll make corrections and try to improve and get better like we talk about every day. Yeah, I mean, look, 
like like everyone on our team. Um, you know, there's corrections to make. There's corrections for me to make as well. Um, but you know, as a team, we're going to stick together. Um, we're going to support one another, um, and you know, we're not going to you know, point fingers or do anything like that. Um, and two has you know, done a lot of good things for us in the preseason, um, and he's uh, he did a lot of good things today. Yeah, he, I mean, he played well. I mean, he moved the ball. He, he made the throws he needed to make. Um, he made good decisions. Uh, I thought he played well. Um, I thought, um, you know, we could have done some some better things defensively. Uh, we'll make those corrections. Um, but, you know, he, he played well. Hunter's tough, smart. He's competitive. He works hard. It's important to him. Uh, he's, you know, made a lot of improvements over the course of training camp. It's good to get in a game and, um, uh, you know, get a feel for a regular season game. He obviously played in the preseason, but uh, good young player. Um, you know, somebody we're, we're excited to help uh, develop. And, um, you know, again, like everybody, you know, we just got to try to continue to make improvements on a daily basis and uh, just try to get better. Uh, I mean, I mean, look. If we want to get one yard, you know, you know, we try to put our best players in there, and you know, we, we you know, it showed up in the game, you know, and you know, when we needed a yard, uh, you know, we put them in there. Um, we got two two uh, short yardage plays, and um, you know. We just try to put our players in position to have success and our team to have success. So um, he's done it before in the past. So um, you know, we used him today and it helped us. Final question. Coach, what does today's game just mean about your team, about just finding a way to win, even though when they're under six? I mean, that's every team in the league. You know, there's never been a perfect game played. Um, that, that's just never happened. Um, so there's always corrections to make. There's always things that you can improve on, um, especially earlier in the early in the year. Um, trying to find the things that you do well. I mean, there's there's you know a little bit of trial and error at this 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 point in the year. So um, I think that's every team. You know, I think every coach is going to get up there and say there's a lot of corrections we need to make. You know, we're no different. Um, but our guys work hard. They've worked hard throughout the preseason. It's important to them to make the corrections. Um, and we're going to have to do that, you know, this week, um, you know, starting tomorrow when we review the game. And, uh, you know, our, look, our, our guys, we got, we got a good group. They work hard. So they'll try to make the corrections. And then next week we'll play, and they'll, they'll, you know, inevitably there'll be more corrections to make. We try to take it one play at a time. You know, we just, that's what we try to do. We try to take it one play at a time. We try to pick each other up, support one another, and... Um, you know, it's 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 it feels good to get a win. You know, however you get it. Thanks, guys. A victorious Brian Flores press conference there as the Dolphins take this one in Foxborough, seventeen to sixteen. You're listening to the fifth quarter post game show on the Miami Dolphins radio network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is the Miami Dolphins radio network. You're listening to the Dolphins on the Joe WQAM with Joe Rose and Zach Kranz weekday mornings from six to ten. 
Dolphins are back in action, and this season you can be back in the stands to experience it all live. Get verified tickets from Ticketmaster, the official marketplace of the NFL, and you won't miss a single epic moment. And rest assured, if your plans change, Ticketmaster has you covered because selling your seats securely with Ticketmaster is as easy as a few taps. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com Dolphins. Let's go ahead and pause for 10 seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami, WPOWHD2 Miami, WKIS HD2 Boca Raton, home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. And Odyssey Station. So we heard from head coach Brian Flores there at the end of the last segment. And Seth, I want to go to you here because we kind of had a chuckle there at the end of the press conference as coach kind of laughed about, you know, what do you got to do next, going into next week, going into the later parts of the season, one play at a time, one snap at a time, all that fun stuff. I saw some of the guys wearing shirts as they boarded the team charter this, this week to up to Foxborough. And it was one at a time, just one at a time on all their shirts. So that's the message coach Flores. One post game at a time. Exactly. That's, that's what we're doing here. But he doesn't stray from that message ever, does he? That's his, no, that's I mean, and, and nor should he, right? I mean, that's what has been successful for him throughout his career, clearly. And that's what he believes in. And when you're building a, a, a program here and not just trying to win one game, even though it is the one game mantra, you, you need consistency. Juice, I'd imagine you don't want a coach that's going to flip-flop around and one week he's saying this and the next week he's saying that and talking out of both sides of his mouth. You know what you get with Coach Flo, and either you give it to him or you leave. Yeah, and it really is. I mean, honestly, every game, every single week is independent of, of everything else. You know, it's not like you're playing a series in basketball in the playoffs or in baseball where you're playing seven games a week. Every single game is that one week is like you got so much that goes into it. Just in game plan alone every single week. You know, everything changes so much from week to week with teams that play a different offense or, or, or different defense or have different star players. And that's how you have to approach it, man. I think that's, that's been coaches, you know, his mantra as you talk about Big Seth. And, you know, guys have bought into that. You know, this game, honestly, if, if they watch film tomorrow, I'll be for a little bit, maybe. But this game's about over for them. You know, it's on to the next right now. So I know, I know they got some things they got to clean up. They'll go out and probably walk through them. But after that, man, it's on to it's on the Buffalo. So uh, I'm, I'm ex- I just love Flo's demeanor. I, I do. You know, we're not going to get we're going to get the same thing for the most part. But he doesn't just put it on offense or defense or this player or that player. Puts it on himself on the whole staff. Yeah. Probably puts it on people who cook the food. You know, everybody that's a part of the building. <laughs> you know, us, we're we're accountable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody that's in that building's got to get better. And I love that. Everybody's got to get better, man. I had an old coach say. You know, you either get better or you get worse, man. And we've got to get better. And I think Coach Flo feels the same about himself and all of his players. That makes me a tough, smart, disciplined podcaster because I'm in that building and he says everybody in this building follows the same mantra, the same code of Brian Flores. We're not in that building. So what are you saying about us, Travis? Well, we know he's the toughest player to ever play with Dan Rio to my left here. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I'm just kidding. I survived eight years with Harvey Green for crying out loud. (laughs) And working with JT. Congrats, by the way, on the the big uh, notice there from the Pro Football Hall of Fame with the JT Foundation. That was really cool. Thank you. Yeah. To, to see yeah, that. Some those young did a great job. Very, very cool stuff there uh, with the Jason Taylor Foundation. But back to this Brian Flores press conference here real quick. Uh, you know, he talked about Liam Eichenberg playing left tackle, and that was something we didn't know was going to happen heading right. into this game. Austin Jackson was on the COVID IR list until yesterday, and he winds up on the injury report as a questionable status. Today comes off of Came the, off the, injury, the injury report altogether. And then never played a snap. So they go with Liam Eikenberg at left tackle. Coach just said trying to play the five best guys. 
OJ, what did you think of the offensive line today with that lineup? Do you think they can get better as they go along? Austin Jackson's position, like how would you kind of shake this thing out going forward? Yeah, no matter whether Austin Jackson was ready to play or not, you know, he hadn't he didn't get the reps. You know, you got to get honestly, you got to get those reps throughout the week in order to be ready to go. I mean, I, I've had some coaches like Coach Shula and Coach Johnson. If Coach Johnson, if you didn't get reps during the week, you weren't going to play on Sunday. You know, and I think that's the key. I mean, a lot of times too. You know, the mental reps are, are one thing, but the physical reps that, that Austin Jackson probably missed or, or you know, were, were lacking. That way, and that way, you know, Liam got him. He got the reps. And uh, he had a tough start. You know, he's a, he's a young guy, too. He got yeah. a welcome to the NFL. Yeah, yeah, he had yeah. that yes, moment he today. Did. He had that moment today, man. But <laughs> another thing in, in, in going with Coach Flo has talked about, he's going to get better. He's going to learn from today. You know, he's going to learn to, you know, sit his butt right. down a little bit and don't get run over. He's going to learn not to hold on a bootleg, oh, you know, man. that could have been a huge penalty for us as well uh, when we're trying to run the clock out, things like that. But young guys, man, they learn they learn on the run. They learn on the fly, man. He got some valuable playing experience today. We'll get Austin back probably this week. And Liam's probably hopefully going to get some more run. But at the same time, though, man, it's like, you know, when I was a young guy, Man, that, that first game, man, I, I, I think I even talked about it, man. That first game was always so nerve-wracking. So I know he was a little nervous out there, but he's going to get better, and that's, that's what we got. We got, some, we got a good offensive line, and I tell you what, if, as long as they play together you know, and, and get, to, get to know each other a lot better, it's going to be a lot of fun for a while because they're so young and they're so talented. Yeah, and I hope you're right, Juice, but you know, one of the things that stood out to me, and uh, you know, Coach kind of said it because I think he wanted to dismiss it and move on, but he said trying to play the best five guys. The best five guys for today at 425 right. may not be who the best five guys are at practice tomorrow or uh, you know, when, when they kick it off against Buffalo, and that may change from week to week, from practice to practice, and that's Coach's decision to make in those moments, but based on what you said, the, the fact that Austin did not get to practice all week and that he was impressed with what Liam did, it's easy to play the result and say, oh, well, he shouldn't have been in there because this, that, or the third. But you have to make a decision going into it. And if this is who he felt were the best five guys, do we want to see a better performance? Do we want to see Tua come out of the game a little bit cleaner? Do we want to maybe be able to knock people off the ball and run the ball a little bit more? Sure we do. But that's what Coach is talking about, that, that there are opportunities to correct. And, and bottom line there, Seth, they did get it done at the end. You know, when Very we had true. to run the ball, New England knew we were going to run the ball. These yeah. guys figured out a way to get three yards here, four yards here, first down there. You know what I mean? That grinded out. And that's the most important thing. That four-minute offense, you talk about getting the best guys out there. When, when New England knew we were going to run the ball at the end, those five guys, those best five guys up front, yeah. found a way to get it done. And as ugly as point. it might have been, using air quotes here on a, on a radio program makes no sense, <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyways. As ugly as it might have been, I just thought there were so many things we saw today with this team that you missed, or you never saw over the last 10, 15, even 20 years of this club where they just found a way to to get as much out of the game as they could to pull that victory out late. It was so inspiring in that way. The complimentary football, like Brian Flores mentioned yeah. there, the play after Xavier Howard gets the strip and gets the ball back, the offense, like you guys mentioned, gets a big setback, the big holding penalty, and didn't let it ruin the drive. They came right back to it to Parker for the big rip, and that second and one, how nice was that to get themselves in a position where they could eat more clock but be pretty sure they were going to get a first down in the next couple of plays. Speaking of Tua Tungabailoa, we're going to hear from him on the other side of the break. Again, the final score, Dolphins 17, Patriots 16. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is Miami Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Dolphins games always play here in Miami. AM 560, FM 99.9, HD2, The Joe, WQAM. Jackson remains the 
running back. Takes the handoff. No! Tua keeps a touchdown by Andy! Boy, that read option. He just held on to it. A great fake. Goes the outside. He's wide open. He walks in for a touchdown. What an entertaining start it was to that game. And on the topic of entertainment, check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more, only at the seminal Hard Rock Hollywood. And you heard that two-yard touchdown rush there from Tua Tungavailoa to kick off the season, an 80-yard uh, drive by the Miami Dolphins, finishing off in the pay dirt there with a Tua run. Let's go ahead and throw this thing over to Tua Tungavailoa at his post-game press conference. Uh, to an extent, we didn't, you know, take advantage of a lot of the opportunities the defense gave us uh, with a lot of the turnovers, um, you know, but I, I thought uh, overall, um, there's a lot of things we need to clean up offensively. You know, I think the defense gave us a lot of opportunities and we just got to make use of those. Two, curious, how many of the plays on the opening drives were scripted? Uh, well, I wouldn't say our, our opening plays are scripted, uh, but it's more so we kind of know and understand how how the game is going to be um, as far as our personnel being in there and what to expect as far as their their defensive personnel being out there. Um, you know, and you, you can kind of gauge what plays are about to come into the headset. Was that the same to start the second half? Those are your two best, two Yeah, uh, well, you know, it's all about making adjustments, and that's what we tried to do the second half. Um, you know, obviously, we got to execute a lot better. Um, and for me, taking care of the ball, uh, that's big. So. Yeah, I was trying to throw the ball away, um, but unfortunately, that's you know that's not uh, what happened. Um, well, I was happy for him. Um, you know, it being his first real you know game um, with a crowd like this. I mean, I, I thought he made some some really good throws, um, you know, and their their execution on third down, I think, was was really good. Um, and Mac looks like he fits perfectly into their their offense and their system. So I was happy for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think that's. That's winning football on the defensive side, um, you know. And like I said, I, I think we got to do a better job at you know making use of the opportunities that we get offensively, um, you know. And and I would say, um, kind of giving the defense some rest as well, you know, by um, either running the ball, getting RPOs, getting first downs, and kind of having long drives, you know, so they can get their rest. Um, and then to that that point, you know, playing complementary football. Well, I, I don't think it was just Jalen. Um, I think it was a lot of the guys out there on the field, uh, Devontae Parker, and a lot of the things that you guys probably don't look at. Um, you know, on Jalen's first touchdown, you got Durham and Mike on one side, and they're picking pretty much for, for Jalen, and that play wasn't possible without, you know, those guys. Um, you know, I think the line did pretty good, too, today. Um, you know, up front, uh, obviously, there's some things that we got to clean up. Um, uh, and that's what uh, tomorrow's for for us. Yeah, and I don't I don't think it's just X, um, you know. But having X is is definitely um, 
you know, really fun because, you know, something, something or anything can happen. Um, but it's really everyone on the defense, um, you know, that that helps with the turnovers. And that was just X. <laughs> that was just X. So, yeah. And uh, I, I think we have about two more minutes because uh, J-Mac is here. And so, okay, less than that. 30 seconds, guys. Say that again, sorry. Hunter Long is from this area. He played high school and college ball up here. What's your impression been of him so far as a rookie and, uh, and how has it to come back here and get him a win? Sorry, I don't think I understood what you said in the beginning. Sorry, Hunter Long, you're running the fight. Oh, Hunter Long. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah, no, I think Hunter Hunter's doing a great job. Um, you know, although he hasn't been getting catches, um, he does what he's asked. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's what you expect and that's what you want, um, you know, especially for a rookie. Um, someone that's just willing to go out there and do whatever uh, he needs to do for the team. Final question. You got a guy right here, plays for the Patriots, blows so many connections. What's extra special about kind of doing it for these guys? I think these guys uh, will be the first to tell you that um, it's not about them. You know, it's just about the collective work and effort that we've all put in as a team uh, going against each other. Um, you know, and our defense kind of emulates, you know, the Patriots defense. So we have the luxury of going against these guys and, um, you know, them making it hard for us to move the ball, to, to run the ball, um, whatever it, it may be. But, um, you know, it, it is special for them because, you know, they've obviously come from this organization. Um, so it's a good win. Thanks, sir. All right. Thanks, guys. So there you hear from Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa, 16 for 27, 202 passing yards, a touchdown and interception, took two sacks, also ran one in for a touchdown there. And he had some interesting things to say there about that game, guys. To me, what was most interesting was him talking about the defenses and the similarities with the Dolphins and Patriots. But I also thought it was kind of cool to hear him continue that messaging we talked about, Seth, of the head coach with consistency as far as, you know, how about this guy making a play? Well, we had these other guys that were part of that play as well to help the entire thing happen. So Tua kind of delivering Brian Flores' message to the rest of the team and the rest of the guys there. Yeah, I mean, well, he better, right? Absolutely he should, and, and I think it, there's a lot of reasons why Tua is the quarterback of this team, and, and I think that uh, you, you have to kind of represent the makeup of what the coach is looking for. But, uh, Juice, as you know, there's that cool-down period before the media comes into the locker room or before, you know, now I don't know how they're even doing it, but before the, the, the players and or coaches are made available to the members of the media, and the coach tells you what the coach thinks. And, you know, they don't say go out and say this. But when you hear that message from the coach, it's pretty consistent if you start to listen to what these players have to say. And that's what leadership is all about, yeah. right? Th th this is a coach that is in full command of this team, win, lose, or draw. And, and we hear that through all of his players. Yeah, and a lot of guys, obviously, they, they buy into the philosophy, which is what you need. You, you only have one voice when it comes to If you want to be successful, there's one voice. You know, and then that one voice can be disseminated throughout the rest of the team. Those guys can go out there and make that same, you know, exact call out there. And, and But you also think about this, too. You also go out and get players that have that attitude. Right. When you start building this roster, you get guys that, you know, are, are buy-in guys that are team guys first, you know, that, you know, that complement each other, you know, know they have stuff to work on. You're going to hear that same message throughout these, you know, most of the players you're going to hear that come and, and speak because that's the type of players they went out there and got. 
And those are the type of players that'll make for a, a great team with everybody having the same goals in mind. OJ, does Tua admitting that he was trying to throw that interception away, does that change your opinion of that play at all? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it still is a bad, it's still a bad play, but, you know, if, if you're going <laughs> to do execute, it. right? Yeah, you got it. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that was the case. I'm glad he wasn't trying to make a play right there because that would that's a bad idea. But the fact that he was trying to – he admitted he was trying to throw it away, uh, that, that works for me right there because I, I feel that, too, is that smart of a player. I think he has that type of intellect when it comes to situations like that, especially that time of the game. So that's why it was shocking for one to, 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 for it to appear to be a jump ball. And it's good to hear him get on there and say, yeah, I was trying to throw it away. And no matter what, we, we won't know what it is. He, 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 you know, it, when you're getting hit, you can say whatever you want right now. But he was trying to throw it away, Big Seth. Right. Well, fair enough. So here's the question then, Juice. What can you tolerate more, a mental error or a physical error? Oh, man. I can Physical errors. Okay. Yeah. So mental in this errors, case, you're okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Not okay yeah. with but it. Physical but errors are, you know, better. people make physical errors. The mental errors are the ones that drive me crazy than yeah. anything. Yeah, especially if they're consistent. Correct. Yeah. And so that was a big play on that third down conversion of the Dolphins. On third down for the day, I think it was 5 for 12 was the final number. So they did have some conversions there. They ran the football pretty well in the first part of the game. It kind of went away from it. But, you know, Seth, one of the things I look at with this game was the way the Dolphins were able to come out of the shoot and score on the opening drive, come out after the halftime break and score after that part, and then also to end the first half, they got points on the board as well. But what does that say to you about this game, that they're able to go down the field and get points coming out of the locker room, coming out of, like, I guess whether you have a, ch a chance to prepare and plan for that particular drive, is that a positive sign? Is it kind of worry they couldn't make adjustments? Like, where do you come down on the way they scored their points today? Well, those plays are certainly positive, right? I mean, that you want to score on your opening drive. You want to score coming out of the half. You want to be able to score at the end of the half. Heck, we've seen New England just make a, a living that way. Um Problem is, those are the only points that we scored all game. You know, so if we had put up 30 this game, we wouldn't be as worried about, uh, you know, New England trying to get a field goal in the, in the final seconds there. Um, but, yeah, th those, are, those are the things you want to build upon. You game plan all offseason for this very moment. So, yeah, the first time you get the rock to march down the field the way they did, uh, go 80 yards and, and, and put a touchdown up and Tua walks in, like walks into the end zone, that's exciting. You, you have a tough-fought game. You come out of the half. You've made adjustments. And, again, you walk down the field. That's great. We want to see that happen more often. I don't know the reason why, Juice. I don't know what happened and why, why they couldn't do it, it, it with, except for in those two moments. But, yes, I, I, there's nothing negative about that. The question is how do we get more of it? OJ, you want to see Tua throw that ball to get the padded stat for the touchdown? Because he, he could have thrown it to – I think it was – Is he on your fantasy team, Travis? He wanted that <laughs> touchdown badly. Man. I did. I did. Well, because look at the passer rating. It suffers because of those two or three passes, and a lot of people have pointed to that as a – That man is 7-3 and three as a starter. Well. Exactly. That's Everybody one. needs to be on notice. Tua is 7-3 and three as a starter in the National Football League. That's not easy to do. It's not easy to do at all, especially, again, going into that place and winning up there. We talk about those two drives at the beginning of the game and the beginning of the third quarter. I mean – Who's, a, who's better preparing for those moments than Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots? So for the Dolphins to go in there and in a way to outcoach them in those particular moments of the game, I thought that was very inspiring and very encouraging going forward as we are all big fans of Brian Flores here, obviously. The Dolphins are coming to a Publix near you with giveaway items, cheerleaders, alumni, and more for the first-ever Miami Dolphins tailgate tour. The first stop is this Wednesday, September 15th, from noon to 2 p.m. at Publix at Altos Plaza. Be sure to check it out. Again, the final score was Dolphins 17, Patriots 16. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is the Miami Dolphins Radio Network.
Dolphins games always play here in Miami. AM 560, FM 99.9, HD2, The Joe, WQAM. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. Dolphins take this one 17-16. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins' fifth-quarter postgame show here on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. We have hour number two coming up for you guys. And again, if you want to send us a question and talk to the host here, me, Seth, and OJ, about this game, about your Miami Dolphins, go ahead and hashtag it, Finn's postgame, at us on Twitter. It's at the Fish Tank 81. It's at Wingfield NFL. Get your questions in now. We still have game balls to talk about. We're going to hand those out as well as hear from Jalen Waddle, who might be in the game ball section. We'll be. see. He Maybe be. we, we haven't decided yet. Is that on a that. tease? He might be. Might be Is a little bit of a tease. Classic a great, radio, classic tease. radio tease. But that's coming up for you guys here on the Miami Dolphins fifth game post game fifth quarter post game show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.